it's one of my goals you know as a mom as a runner on many levels now <laughs> to inspire other people you know especially other women who are looking to get back into running after pregnancy and to kind of give them that hope that it's not over after having a baby you know there's so much more you can do with yourself you just have to make sometimes you just have to make situations convenient for you you know if that means running with a stroller so be it you know you you know there's always a silver lining at the end Running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Welcome to Trail to 100, the podcast for beginner ultra runners. I'm Jacob Bateman, one of the hosts and founders of this podcast. And today, both Melody and I had the opportunity to talk to Angela Smith. Now, what makes Angela's story so crazy is she first started running in 2016 and 2017, where she ran her first marathon just because she wanted to challenge herself. But then after a couple years, she ended up getting married, becoming pregnant, and not be she was not able to run through her pregnancy at all. Now, soon after she had her kids, she got back at it and then completed her first couple ultra marathons and has ran a couple 50-mile races and actually became faster after she had her kid. And she does credit a lot of that to trusting God, prioritizing family, and running with a stroller and spending time out there on the roads with her newborn daughter running together. I know you guys will enjoy this episode, so let's get to it. Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman. Join along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And join along with us today is Angela Smith. Angela, thank you for joining us here on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm very honored and blessed to be on this podcast. You know, it's only my, it's really just my first official podcast I've ever been on. So I'm quite honored. Well, we're super excited to have you here. We've been looking forward to your podcast for a while. You're the kind of person we love to talk to because as from what little we know about your story, it relates very well to the everyday woman and man about overcoming things and continuing to run and push forward. So Angela, though, first things first, where did that drive and desire to want to run an ultra marathon even come from? It's very interesting to say the very least. So there was one day, I believe it was back in 2017. I had actually, it was, I went out on a trail and this was actually a long run of mine in preparation for a marathon. And, and, you know, I started running and then out of nowhere, you just, I see somebody just pop out of them and take pictures of me while I'm running. And then I just start running into all these runners with bibs on themselves. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, and they said, oh, we're running a 50 K we're running a 50 miler. We're running a hundred K or we're running a hundred miler. And I just said, oh, that's so cool. You know, and then right then and there, I said, I thought to myself, well, I don't want to look like a weirdo on some race website just because my picture's already been taken. So I'm going to just run a 50K today. I should be able to do it with all this support around me. And yeah, so I ended up running my first unofficial 50K then. And I was quite shocked to finish considering the little fuel I had. You know, there were two other runners next to me that graciously offered me fuel, but yeah, I really just kind of ran that on a whim and it was just such a funny story. And, you know, after that experience, I just had the desire to want to run more ultra marathons. (laughs) 
So did you know that ultra marathons even existed that day that you set out for this run? Or was this the first time you've heard of this? I didn't realize that many people in the area ran them. Like I had just finished reading a book called Run Fast or Run Less, Run Faster. I can't remember who it's by, but it's a very popular book for people wanting to train for a marathon. They use the three plus two step where you've got three quality training runs and then two days of strength training incorporated. Now the book mentioned a little bit about ultra marathon running, but it was just kind of, you know, maybe a paragraph or two and that was it. But I always wondered and then just up and going on a course and meeting, you know, hundreds of people just out there running ultras. I'm just like, wow, this is cool. (laughs) (laughs) So did you get a medal? No, I didn't just because I did not sign up for the race. For me, it was unofficial. I had, you know, walking onto a race, I had no idea was going on. (laughs) (laughs) I just wondered if like, if like maybe they didn't know when you just crossed the finish line and they just, you know, out of habit, just put the medal around your neck and you're like, I'll take this. Well, they, I didn't have a bib on, so I guess that was the biggest giveaway, but they did offer me food and I had full access to the aid station. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. Out of curiosity, how long did you originally think that you were going to run that day when you first set out? Um, I think my goal was to hit 20 miles, but you know, obviously it ended up being almost 12 extra. You know, man, I love that because it goes to show, you know, like you don't have to have the perfect training to run an ultra marathon because here you went and ran an ultra, not even meaning to run it, you know, so. Which sometimes that's the best condition because you don't have like the workup and the stress about it. You just, it just kind of happens, you know? So now take us back a little bit further from that. What was your running background before this? Yeah. So, you know, I would say I started running marathons in 2016. There was just out in Olathe, Kansas, where I grew up, there was this marathon there that took place every year. I just saw the sign in 2016 and thought to myself, well, this looks fun. What if I just tried doing it? So I signed up on a whim, trained for six weeks, not really knowing anything about running. And I completed in four hours, 20 minutes, I believe, just under that. So wow, it just kind of started off on a whim. I feel like a lot of people end up, you know, running marathons or ultras just kind of on a whim. And then, you know, once they over that feel and all that they have accomplished, you know, it increases the drive and they just want to go out and do more races. So, yeah. So is this just like a random, like you just woke up one day and you're like, I think I'm going to run a marathon or like, was there something that like sparked this? Was it a quarter life crisis? Like I need to do like, where did it come from? I'd say it was a quarter life crisis because I, as a teenager, I struggled with anorexia nervosa mm-hmm. for a few years. And, you know, after I, after I turned 18 and just kind of had a better path of where I was going. And, you know, at that point I felt like I was pretty much recovered. I just wanted to do something to just kind of like say that I had actually to give me the feeling like I had actually accomplished something and that I felt to do something I felt like was good for me. So that's where my drive started to run a marathon and it's just continued from there you know obviously i'm recovered from anorexia so <laughs> come along since then wow so so it's kind of this like just proving to yourself improving to your anorexia like like look i did it i conquered you not only did i conquer you but i'm going to freaking conquer you <laughs> yeah pretty much and a lot. It's really interesting because, you know, running, you know, some people just, some people just think, well, I'm just going to run because that's going to help me lose weight. But when you run distances like half marathon, marathon and beyond, that fueling really comes in handy just because you can't, you know, you can't continue to run unless you have the proper fuel in your body. And it'll really start to show after about an hour, an hour and a half into a run, you'll start cramping up and, you know, you'll get dehydrated. You just will not have the protein or the amino acids you need and the sodium to keep you going. So, yeah, that really, it kind of taught me a little bit about the importance of, you know, continuing to fuel my body 
and more. So very thankful for that experience. That's, I'm so happy you brought that up. I, I just think that's so huge. I think it's huge for everybody, especially for females. I want to say, I feel like, I think you're right. I think a lot of people start running to lose weight and then it, it turns into more than that. Something that a lot of people don't realize is when you start running long distances, you might actually gain weight. Like I always gain like between three to five pounds when I'm like really deep in training because you're eating a lot. And I, I, a lot of the athletes that I work with, they're like, I want to get faster and I want to get stronger and I want to lose weight. And I'm like, we can't have all three of those goals at the same time. We need to either lose weight if that's something that we really need to do because sometimes you really don't need to or we're going to focus on strength and speed so anyways I I think that's so I just think that's so important for people to realize absolutely and you know it depends also on what kind of training you're doing because some you know if you're just base building you know for one thing just building mileage and just going kind of at a aerobic to easy pace yeah you might gain a few pounds but you're gonna need to gain that because once you start that sprint phase of training where you're working on that speed work, that's going to come right off. It all comes in handy. You know, it's not, and like you said, it's not uncommon to gain, you know, anywhere from one to five pounds during training. It's all part of the process. And even peak, I've realized that personally I can gain up to like five pounds just because I'm slowing down, trying to carb load a little bit more, you know, not binge or anything like that, just add more carbs to my diet so I can be fully prepared to perform at my potential on race day. And, you know, it pays off. It just, you know, it sucks feeling sluggish, but it is what it is. (laughs) Right, right. Our bodies need that fuel. We, we shouldn't be scared of that food, especially as distance runners. Oh, you, this is sounds like 2016, 2017, you're running your first marathons, right? Yes. Okay. And if I am correct, you you mentioned earlier, you have a two-year-old daughter, right? Yes. So then I guess, you know, you start to run, you start getting addicted, you know, the runner's high kicks in, then you find out you're pregnant. I guess this is something I'm curious on. How, how do you take that and what do you do with your running and your adjustment with being pregnant? And I guess, what was your mindset? And, and was getting pregnant a part of the plan? So I took... I took some time off between 2018 to 2020 from active racing just because I I had DNF'd a marathon mid-2018 just because I didn't feel right, wasn't trained up correctly, and I just set a goal pace that was just faster than I was able to perform at. So I took a couple of years off that. I met my husband, or I met my husband now, and just focused on other things, you know, focused on working hard at my job and trying to build up my career there and then obviously dating him and we got married january 2020 we just celebrated our third year anniversary (laughs) yes that's awesome and then three months later we found out we were expecting wow wow my mindset you know when i first found out i was expecting was i just you know, I, I had a total freak out because I didn't know what to expect. All I knew was that I was going to gain 30 to 35 pounds. If not right, that's more. the first thing that pops in your head as a woman, right? <laughs> What's going to happen to my body? <laughs> and that I was probably going to lose a lot of my fitness level, which at that point I was maybe running 15, 20 miles a month at most. So really next to nothing. <laughs> uh, Compared to what I'm doing now, that is. Yeah. So I, what I did was I just, you know, I took a deep breath and just kind of meditated for a moment. I said, you know, my body is going to do the best it can, and it's going to do exactly what it needs to do to um, help this baby become healthy and for this pregnancy to come to full term and to be healthy. I just need to follow its cues. I need to follow the signals and I just need to trust in God and in my body that it's going, you know, everything is going to be fine. I just need to let the process go and quit trying to control it with my mind because that's not going to do anything. And, you know, after I've meditated on that, my entire pregnancy was just smooth sailing and I had no worries at all. I ended up having to quit running about 10 weeks into my pregnancy just because I got some very unusual stomach pain, some cramping, and I just, you know, wanted to play it safe. Just said, yeah, I'm going to have to cut off running for the next seven 
six, seven months, but it is what it is. I can always get back into it if I want. There are plenty of women who run postpartum that are excellent. Granted, I didn't know I would be performing at the level I do today. <laughs> was it hard to, like, were you really disappointed when you started getting that pain and you knew you weren't going to be able to run for the next seven, eight, nine months? That's a long time. That to is not a run. long time. I was disappointed, but it was also kind of a relief for me because my pace had slowed by like two minutes per mile. And I was just <laughs> not really happy with where I was at because at the time pace was one of the biggest things I focused on. And it's just if I was running a slower pace, then I was just not if I was running a slower pace than my best pace, then I was just not performing well at all. You know, just kind of that perfectionist mindset, which can be harmful for us runners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was excited after having a baby. I was just counting down the days to when I could get back out and run again, just to relieve all that stress in my mind. I bet. Okay. As a man, like I'm obviously never going to go through pregnancy, but so I'm just like, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if I had an injury or if I had to have surgery to where I was out for like nine months, right? How would I take that? I guess if I knew I couldn't run for those nine months, did you find other ways for your, to do fitness or anything like that during this time? Or were you pretty much just with how things were going, you just had to just take a break from fitness? I felt like I took a break from fitness. Now, my husband and I went on walks every now and then. And, you know, he was working as a construction operator for a gas company at the time. And I was working a customer service position for a water company at home. But it just, we, I felt like I was working long hours just because when COVID, you know, when co I got pregnant right in the middle of COVID and when that oh, hit, man. You know, I was getting bombarded, bombarded with calls and, you know, trying to help people out to pay their bills and this, that, and the other, just doing what I could. So I just, I was mentally exhausted to a point where it was becoming physically with my job. So it just, whatever mm -hmm. I had left over just drained me. And then, you know, on top of trying to clean a house and. <laughs> oh, yeah. That well, also and your body's going through a lot of stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically took a break. Well, kind of took a break from fitness, went on lots of walks. And then, so you, you had your baby, how long did it take you to get back into running after you had your daughter? It's really hard to pinpoint. I was actually thinking about, I was actually thinking about that very recently. Would not recommend this. This is not medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> I had zero complications with my pregnancy and delivery. You know, I didn't TMI. I did not tear, you know, I, oh, that's delivered, awesome. I delivered fine. I did not have the, I didn't, I, my abs weren't in a bad way. I can't remember the technical term for that. And yeah, I'd say three weeks after I gave birth, I just kind of, I went out one day you know, I kind of, I kind of did a jog, you know, was at a slow pace. And then I walked, you know, maybe about 10 minutes and then just kind of did walk and jog intervals. I didn't do it. You know, I didn't just take off and go as fast as I could. I just kind of wanted to see what it felt like. And then I just kind of built up from there. I did not start training for a marathon though, until I was four months postpartum. Okay. I was going to say three weeks. That is so fast, but that's great that you had zero complications and that you were able to jump back into it that quick. Yeah, it was, I didn't really, you know, they say six weeks is the recommended time to get back into exercising. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of move around a little bit and I just kind of wanted to test the waters and see where I was at. You know, obviously I took it slow with the jogging the little jogging and walking intervals I did, but yeah, everyone's, everyone's different for me. I just, I felt like I was ready to train for a marathon four months postpartum. <laughs> and so getting back into it, it, you just had the desire and the drive to like, all right, I'm ready to test myself, see if I'm ready to go forward. Cause I know when I take a break, oftentimes the hardest part is to get back on that first week or two. Because you get comfortable yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. So was that tough for you to get back, to start getting back like on a daily basis? Like, okay, I'm at least going to go for a walk, you know, or a little 
jog walk combo here like was that easy or were was that hard i think the desire i think the desire to run after seven months of not running just kind of overweighed everything else yeah a weight that is everything else so i just i had you know i was i was ready you know that sedentary lifestyle i knew was only going to be temporary and i just i just never got used to it mm. um, and i knew that i knew that excuse me postpartum depression you know that's a common thing in women especially these days you know you've got different types of depression postpartum i haven't researched them all to be honest but i knew that was a big possibility with me but so i you know i just decided that you know running would kind of help me through that if that ever became a thing and praise god i never had postpartum depression and i credit a lot of that just to being active getting out spending outside with my daughter you know going for a run with her spending that quality time with her and also getting my time in as a mom so it was just you know a dual benefit fresh air you know time that i needed to myself but also time with my daughter and you know greater gains than previously before I was pregnant. <laughs> Which that's so cool. We're going to jump into that in just one second. I want to ask, how was it running with a stroller? And I assume you still run with a stroller, but how was it not running with one to running with one? I had to do quite a bit of research because I had no idea how I was going to run with a stroller. I knew if I was going to run that I would need to do it with a stroller because we have limited access to babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of back to what you were saying, I just did a lot of Pinterest researching. I just researched, you know, I just took little bits and pieces of information I could find as to how to run with a stroller. And then I have a cousin who I had seen running with a stroller. So I also consulted with her about it, got some ideas from her. And I just kind of took everything I had and just applied it and then, you know, tweaked it eventually according to what I needed to do for myself. So, um, yeah, there's really not much information out there, at least back when I checked as far as how to run with a stroller and how to be successful at it. And what I do is I, I hold the stroller with one, I hold the stroller with one hand and then with the other, with the other arm, I'm just kind of, you know, moving it back and forth. Whoa. And, you know, I switch every couple minutes between arms just to allow, you know, get that equal weight distribution. So my form when I do run by myself is an off. So that's what I do. Once you, once I got that system down, I just, you know, I kind of took it to a different level. Like, you know, I started doing interval training. I started doing threshold training and then easy runs, but I won't go out for, you won't find me running more than two hours with a stroller. Cause that's just my opinion too long for an infant, unless you're just, you just decide to run a marathon in a stroller, which <laughs> I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah but that's in the plans <laughs> as a taker on a marathon with you i would love to do that i mean we're currently trying to potty train her so there is that little <laughs> yeah some complications could occur <laughs> yeah. yeah that definitely would throw off a marathon a little bit <laughs> so what did running with a stroller like when you got into that first marathon then how did that go with training with a stroller and then going out and doing a marathon. Uh, like, did it feel unnatural to run without one after doing all your training with one? Not really, because on my long runs, which were on the weekends being Saturday and Sunday, I would, my husband, you know, is off work. So he would watch my daughter and mm. I would just go out and do my long runs then by myself. So I had that, I had about a 60, 40 balance. So 60% of the time I was running with a stroller while 40% I was running by myself but my longer runs my long my long runs were always by myself so i it never really felt unnatural just because i had you know kind of a good distribution there if that makes okay. sense yeah that does make sense and how did that marathon go then that first one back so the first one back that first one back i ran 327 and oh. the one i prior to pregnancy was 358 so <laughs> Okay. 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 This is so cool. I, I feel like I have so many questions here. I was trying to figure out, so why, like, why did you get so much faster? And there's a few things that I've heard. One thing that I've heard, I, well, I read this in 
I think it was Born to Run. Actually, I don't remember where I heard this, so I can't cite this source. I just heard it somewhere. Anyways, someone said that there's some kind of hormone that is released when you give birth. It's like some kind of like steroid superhuman hormone. I was so does it have something to do with that? And they just, and that hormone just helps them run faster. I have no idea. I was like, does it have something to do with like hormones or was it like you took a break and it has something to do with just letting your body rest and your mind rest? So when you came back to run, you were just fresh and ready to go again. Did, or is it the stroller? Or is it the stroller? Maybe the stroller's magic. Like, what do you think? Why do you think you improved after you had a kid? I think it's a little bit of both kind of like what you were saying and you know just running with a stroller i've i've never heard that theory you were described being before you know i'd be interested in reading up on that but it is true that suddenly when you become a mom you just have all this extra strength that you didn't think you had before and then mm -hmm. you just you just go into almost a survival mode where everything you know you're suddenly able to do things so much faster and so much quicker than you were than you thought was possible beforehand. So, I mean, there's definitely something there, you know, some sort of hormone that gets released, I imagine. But yeah, also the stroller running, I mean, that definitely increased my speed. <laughs> that makes sense because you have the extra resistance. Also, okay, so, so you think a big part of it is like the mental toughness you gained through being pregnant and through giving birth. That, that kind of gave you that extra oomph. You feel like that's part of it? Yes, definitely. I mean, giving birth, you know, as most women will tell you, is one of the hardest things they'll ever do, <laughs> even if you get the epidural or if you don't. Wow. I I did listen to this podcast with uh, on Trail Runner Nation with Sally McRae and a couple other female ultra runners, and they all agreed that having a baby was 10 times harder than running a 100-mile race. Wow. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I've never That's run 100-mile races, but I've run 50s and they are yeah giving birth is about 10 times worse they're running an ultra dang and that's why females are killing it in the ultra world right now because they are so tough <laughs> they're just like oh this pain is oh we've had similar pain before but not too similar just way worse than anything we're experiencing now <laughs> running this ultra <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're like, I gave birth so I can do anything at this point. <laughs> I was, I had Pitocin. So, you know, that makes, that's going to make contractions and everything 10 times worse than they really would be if you weren't <laughs> going to happen. Oh man, man. Okay. So all the men who are listening to this, are you jealous now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I just am in shock because I think about, you know, I've done 200 mile races now and oh. I think about the pain of, you know, mile 90 and mile 80. Multiply it by 10. And, and like multiply that by 10, like hats off to you. If that really is true, like I cannot even imagine giving birth because <laughs> the pain of those 100 mile races was about the most I ever want to go through. Wow. I had my husband, I mean, I had my husband cheering me on while I was in labor. He just, you know, he was dancing to Christmas music and he was telling me, oh, it's, pain. it's only going to get worse. And just being a great, the great support he was. <laughs> I, for so I feel like I would be upset if, if my husband was like smiling and laughing and dancing while I'm in the most pain of my life. <laughs> no taken. For whatever reason, you know, sometimes it just makes you feel better when somebody's laughing and when you're kind of the butt of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Like someone to bring the energy up in the room. <laughs> so where did your running journey go from there? I'd love to hear about how you got into the 50 mile distance and how the training and those races went after you ran that marathon after you had your kid. Yeah. So after that marathon, I just, you know, I still had the desire to run an ultra having hired an ultra coach in the past. So I just, you know, I, I studied that 50 K training plan he gave me. And then I researched a little bit more on my end on how to run a 50. And I just kind of, I kind of winged it, you know, I didn't really follow any official guideline. I just kind of, 
I just kind of created my own plan, you know, whether it was the most accurate plan or not, you know, I, I don't know I, if I could have done anything better at the time, knowing the information I did, but I'd say, you know, I still train five days a week. My, my longest run was a marathon or my peak run was a marathon followed by like an eight mile run. And I, you know, I still was able to run the 50, but I, I learned a lot after that first 50, not having had salt tablets at all. I didn't realize no. salt was that important. I just relied on tailwind and goose and my stomach was very upset after about 20 miles in. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is the mistake every everybody makes on their first ultra. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I learned a lot from that race despite having you know, what would placing first female overall. And I just, I wrote down all my mistakes and kind of applied that to the next 50. I ran after that. So I, I ran a 50 again in September of this year. And, you know, I took 14 minutes, I believe off of my previous 50 mile time, but I felt like, I felt like everything went smoothly other than just getting a little tired of fueling after about 30 35 miles in, but I just had so much more energy because I knew a lot more about fueling than I had previously in my 50 mile, my first 50. So it definitely, you know, knowledge is power. And, you know, I also, I won that one first all around. So (laughs) I've had success, but I, you know, my first thing when I go into a race is, you know, I don't, it's not ever my goal to win. It's a nice perk if it does happen, but it has never been my goal to win a race. Cause if I focus on that, if I focus on winning, then I just will not enjoy anything to do with a race at all. And I'll just, you know, become too stressed out or anxious. And then what's the point if you're not having fun, right? We, we talked all about this on our last episode we put out it was, it was all about like, okay, do you focus on the goal and do you be really disciplined and, or do you enjoy the journey? And it's, you kind of need to find a balance, right? But if you don't enjoy it, then why would you even do it? Right. Definitely. I think that, um, I think that a lot of, you know, the, a lot of the hard work is through the training, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, you're really building up your mentality. You're doing some speed work, you're doing some base building, you know, or you might be doing the, or you might be doing a little bit of everything in your training, you know, kind of a hybrid of everything is what I'm trying to say. So I feel like all that, all that stuff that really, all that non-enjoyment process or most of it at least should be in your training, you know, and when race day comes, obviously you want to perform the best you can, but you really just need to look back at all those hard days and know that it took all of those hard days you had during your training for this one day to happen. And you know, you're going to dominate no matter what you do or how you perform, just stick with the plan that you've been doing. Yes. I love that race. I always say race day is the reward. That's like the reward day for all of the hard training that you did. For sure. And I mean, I don't, I don't like training for ultras. I don't like training for marathon (laughs) racing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's like telling a kid to eat your veggies before you get dessert. You have to have Mm. those veggies before you get dessert. You know, otherwise you might, you know, you're going to ruin your appetite. You're going to ruin your diet. Exactly. And, and there is the approach of like, just kind of winging your training and having fun, but then race day is miserable. Then you don't enjoy race day because you just feel terrible, you know? So it's like, how good do you want to feel on race day? So I think that's awesome. So I'm just curious what, what were the, so it sounds like fueling was the main thing with your fifties. So what were the big fueling things that you learned that made your second 50 better? Real fuel or sorry, real, real food is a thing with ultras. You cannot just swing ultras with goose and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just ultras with goose after a 50 K you have, you know, some people can good for them, but most people I'm learning cannot. And that's when real, real, real food starts to come in handy. Like I remember at one point I just, I took a sip of Sprite and it just felt like some of the best stuff I'd ever had. And like, wow, imagine me just, you know, who thought, who would have thought I would be drinking soda on race day? 
<laughs> I knew it would just be so refreshing, but yeah, real, real food just, you know, was one of the biggest things instead of just eating goose all the time <laughs> and learning what kind of food to take that would not upset my stomach as well. Definitely. So since we're like kind of on the topic of like pregnancy and babies and things, do you feel like ultra running cravings are similar to pregnancy cravings? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered because I, it seems kind of similar to me because I feel like in an ultra, you just never know what your body's going to crave. And sometimes it just craves the most random thing. Like I'm trying to think like, I, I never drink pop. I never drink caffeine, I ne but on an ultra, I always want Coke, always want Coke. And and I, I feel like that's what women say about pregnancy cravings too. Like they just crave the weirdest things. Yeah. So I would say mine's probably a very far off. I, I didn't get too many crazy cravings while I was pregnant. I did have cravings, but they were really nothing new, just harsher cravings, if that makes sense. So I always okay. like butter, chocolate shakes, you know, anything to do with oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> like slushies are the go-to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yummy. <laughs> so, you know, the thought of eating a peanut butter chocolate shake or ice cream during an ultra marathon to me does not sound very appetizing. <laughs> well, that would be terrible. <laughs> My body tends to process peanut butter during a race. I just, I try this <laughs> time and I'll just, it affected my performance just because it was so, the peanut butter was just so thick and yeah. I bet there's someone out there though, who has had ice cream on an ultra and it totally worked. So if you're listening to this and that's you message us on Instagram, cause I want to know if you're an <laughs> ice cream eater during an ultra. <laughs> I would like to find out, find that out too. Yeah. <laughs> so before we let you go, Angela, we just wanted, we ask every single one of our guests this question, what is your advice? For someone who's just signed up, let's say their first 50 mile race and they just signed up and they come to you because they've seen what you've been doing and they said, Angela, I'm running my first 50. What advice do you have for me? First and foremost, I would recommend getting a coach, an ultra running coach, because there's so, you know, even though the ultra running population is kind of starting to boom with people just getting into it, there's so much, there, there's very limited information on how to actually train for one. So I know, you know, I would recommend getting a coach. You know, there's also websites out there. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I've seen websites where you're, they have like 50 mile training plans, 100 mile training plans and beyond. But, you know, I, I would go for a coach, just somebody who could tailor a training plan to your personal needs for your situation in life, given your amount of time you are allotted to train. And, you know, I would join ultra running groups on Facebook if you're on Facebook or even Instagram, just because, you know, one study done on runners might be disproven years later and what works for somebody else might not work for you or it could, you know, everybody's different. Um, people do different things and then definitely practice nutrition while fuel while a training because that's really going to come in handy when the ultra race comes up you know it, it could be in a difference between dnfing your first ultra and then just killing it and then certainly follow ultra running nutritionists on instagram too like i've learned a lot just from following certain certain nutritionists on instagram and they've actually you know i haven't i haven't necessarily taken their courses i've just looked at the little tidbits of information they post and they've made a world of difference in my performance. So, and a couple other things and, you know, obviously don't overtrain, you know, if you miss a long run or if you have to, because you're sick, like in my case this last week, and I had to miss my long run because, you know, I could have run it. Yeah. But do I want to be sick longer? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Listen to your body for sure. Well, even if it's just congestion, sniffles, just don't, don't fall into that temptation of running because it'll just aggravate everything else. And then, you know, I don't like to put running over family. Like if there's something special going on, you can always work runs around it unless you're in like the dead zone of training where you have to get something in. But at that point, I mean, you shouldn't even, 
you know, all that training building up should, you know, kind of fill in for the day you missed for a family event. So yeah, I never put running over my family. I love that. That is awesome. That's golden, golden advice. Now I, I want to ask what advice would you give an ultra runner who wants to have a kid or maybe she's pregnant and she's worried about running after she gives birth. She's worried that it's going to ruin her running. I would. So what I did was because my husband and I, long story short, we're also trying to conceive, have another baby. So I would, um, I would recommend talking to Acadia Gantz and her Instagram, I believe is trail running baby catcher. I can That's an awesome that. name. I can send you the link to that, but she is an ultra runner. She's an ultra running coach as well. And she is a midwife. Mm -hmm. I talked to her last weekend or last week actually. And she just kind of made me feel at ease about the whole training process. Now she will tell you that she is not, you know, she's obviously not your midwife. She can't give you medical advice for your specific state in life, but she does. She is a great source of information and very kind, encouraging, and just wants to help women succeed. That's awesome. But she's, yeah, she's a wealth of knowledge. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. So real quickly though, before you leave, what's your plans from here? Like moving forward with your, besides having a kid. Yeah. I mean, I have some races coming up. I have a, I just did a half marathon race. It was actually my first half marathon race this Saturday. I, I, I showed up on race day feeling sick, but you know, with it being race day, I said, screw it. I'm just going to run it anyway, yeah. because I'm going to not show up on race day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just finished that one and I've got a hundred K coming up on March 25th. I believe it'll be my first hundred K. That's awesome. I have Boston in April. I'll be in the Boston Marathon and I've got I've got another 50k run follow which also includes a 3-mile kayaking event as well. So it's like you run a 50k and then you kayak 3 miles and then like it that's the total distance of 35 miles between the two but like the events are divided in half each. So it's not like you're running 15 miles, you know, you're kayaking, you're kayaking a mile and a half, and then you're running another 15 or however many, and then you're kayaking the rest back. So I have that, that one. Awesome. I have a couple half marathons I'll be pacing. I believe I'm pacing 145 or 140. So I'll have to double check, but yeah, I just started pace. I just signed up and started volunteering to pace some of these events in the Kansas area. So I'm really excited <laughs> to help people That's... achieve their potential. And then I also kind of a goal of mine. So I am a certified UESCA coach. I want to get that. I want to get my coaching platform established and kind of set up at some point. I've just been a little busy lately with, with training. So that's, that's in the works. So Hopefully we'll be able to start that before too long. So where can our listeners find you if they've liked what you've shared and they want to follow you? What's your handle? Where can they find you at? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram, runningmama underscore 98 is my profile name. It's public. You know, just all I have to do is click the follow button. You know, nine times out of 10, I'll follow you back. Well, thank you, Angela, for, for coming on. I will say I really... I really admire how you have kind of combined running and your family together and, and how you brought up how you, you know, run with your daughter and how you also don't ever want to prioritize running over family. Those are things we've talked about in the past and have also got caught in a little bit of a trap of maybe prioritizing that over family. But I admire your, your tenacity to just keep getting out there to run with your daughter, to run with the stroller. And to then, you know, kill it on race day because of that. Yeah, of course. I'm, you know, it's one of my goals, you know, as a mom, as a runner on many levels now. <laughs> <laughs> to inspire other people, you know, especially other women who are looking to get back into running after pregnancy and to kind of give them that hope that it's not over after having a baby. You know, there's so much more you can do with yourself. 
you just have to make sometimes you just have to make situations convenient for you you know if that means running with a stroller so be it you know you you know there's always a silver lining at the end i love it you just make it happen and that that was one more thing i was going to comment on is you know even though you're trying for kid you still have all these things on the calendar like it's not like you're stopping your life like you can still continue to live your life even with kids so i think that's awesome yeah i mean a lot of it you know it's also faith you know just trusting in god and like he's going to give you the strength to get through some of these situations you know it may not always be what you like but just kind of you know resting resting on god's god's in god's arms just knowing that he's going to help you through whatever situation you need to be helped through and you know he's always going to be there for you so that's you know that's kind of been my that's why i just don't worry yeah you never learn something too hard amen 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 i love it (laughs) well thank you angela for joining us today we really appreciate you coming on the pod Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure meeting both of you and talking to both of you too. Thanks so much, Angela. So big thank you goes out to Angela Smith for taking her time and sharing her story with us. Lots of good info there. I just, I, you know, I find her story, even as a man, super inspiring because it's just like, I just think about like what I said earlier about being out for nine months of running and then coming back and that like it it gives you an excuse to just say oh it's done right like if you got had a major injury or something like that but she said no she's not done she just had the kid and then you know just slowly felt things out until she thought she was ready for a marathon well yeah go ahead she got at it and it also made me think here's 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 my biggest takeaway well i mean i had a couple she had some really good advice made me think that even though we don't have a kid i should go buy a running stroller and put a watermelon in it (laughs) if i want to be fast because she placed if i'm not wrong she placed in both her 50 mile races right one was like first female then one was first overall and her first marathon back she qualified for boston like you know so running with a stroller dang like if you want to improve your speed, I guess that's that's a new strategy and technique. Definitely try out. Well, also, if you have to take one or two years off for whatever reason, whether it's having a kid or an injury or work or something like it just goes to show that you can come back from it, yeah. that, that your running isn't totally destroyed. But along with that, I liked how she said, you know, it gave her time with her daughter. And I, I like thought, that, too. I thought that yeah. was cool that, you know, that she made running a family event and not just this is me time. Right. And so gave her that, that those memories with her newborn kid. You know, my biggest takeaway from this on, on top of just a lot of really good info. And, and like you said, I think it was good for men and women. Jacob and I actually decided we were, we talked about this for a while. Like our audience is mainly male. So we're like, do we want to talk about this on the podcast? But we ultimately decided that, this is really good info for everybody. But my big takeaway was she mentioned at one point that she put it in the hands of God when she first got pregnant and and she couldn't run and she just put it in the hands of God and she had faith. And I, I just think that's awesome. I feel like you can apply that to every single area of your life. And and I think having a kid getting pregnant is a really scary thing, especially when, you know, running and fitness is a really big part of your life because it it changes your body. It it changes everything. So I think being able to just put that in the hands of God and trust that everything's going to be okay and that your body's going to do what your body is supposed to do. I, I think that's really powerful. And, And she mentioned just, you know, remembering to have faith and, and meditating. And she just like, she put in a lot of mental work to stay calm and to, feel peace and to have faith because I, I think a lot of people can get really scared and get carried away in the anxiety and the fear, but she, she didn't let that happen. So I, I thought that was awesome. Having, I learned that having a kid is the equivalent slash greater than running an ultra marathon. So according to what I've heard, it's harder than an ultra marathon. Oh, here, here's what I've said. Cause I know you've, I've known you've struggled with the idea of like, because we do want to start our family one day and have kids of our own. And I know you've expressed the concern of, 
um, you know, then you're out of running for a longer time and you can't do any of the races or anything like that. But I guess what Angela made it sound like is having a kid is like an ultra marathon in itself. Like that is your race. That is race day when you, know, you go into labor and the, and the mental toughness and the things that you're going to have to exert there, especially at the end to get through that is honestly, it's probably going to make you that much more of a kick butt runner afterwards. And that's how I have found peace in it. It's actually something that I've really mentally struggled with for a few years. And I feel like I finally have found peace. And I just have changed my mindset into, oh, it's going to ruin my body. Not going to be able to run. I've changed my mindset to this is just going to be another freaking awesome, like mental toughness challenge. Like this is just, it's, I, I don't know. I was going to say another athletic endeavor. I, I don't know if that's, if it's I mean, really an athletic endeavor, but it, it's just going to be another challenge, you know? I mean, hundred mile races ruin your body. True, very, so, very true. Yeah, and you have to take time off after that to recover. So it's, it's. I say, I say, it's pretty similar. And right. I mean that. I guess when that day does come, I guess for all the moms out there, that is your race for that year. You know. Right, right. Plus, you know, unfortunately, Angela couldn't run through her pregnancy, but there's a lot of women who can run through their entire pregnancy, like. Jacob saw this pregnant lady like hoofing it down Malin's Peak, which is this super steep mountain by our house the other day. And you know, everyone's different, but you you know, a lot of people can still run through their pregnancy. So you don't have to stop, but just I imagine it just is a little bit harder. Yeah, I imagine. So thank you everyone for joining us here on Trail to 100. Please make sure you give us a review and we will talk to y'all next time. Hey guys, it's Melody here. Thank you so much for listening to Trail. It means so much to us. I'm really excited to tell you about my coaching business where I help average Joes who are looking for a little bit more out of life do something big to find a little bit more purpose, direction, and meaning. I know what it's like to feel stagnant or like something's missing or like you just want more out of life. I was in the same spot. Jacob and I had just gotten married and we were both working nine to five jobs and we just were like, what do we do now? We, we just wanted something more and we listened to David Goggins book and we decided to sign up for a 50 mile race. And since then we've done fifties, we've done Jacob's done a couple hundreds. I've done one, 100 and, and running has changed our lives. I feel like I always have a goal to work towards. I feel accomplished and proud of myself. I feel like I have learned countless life lessons that have made me a better friend, a better wife, a better daughter, a better person. And I want to give back and help you do the same thing. I'm telling you, running can change your life. If you're ready to jump in and sign up for a race, whether it's three miles or 100 miles, I would be honored to help you cross the finish line. If you want to learn more or get in touch with me, go to my Instagram at Pine Tree Running or my website, MelodyBateman.biz. You have so much potential and you are way stronger than you know. Let's find your strength because it's there just waiting to be tapped into.